Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world and support Inside Personal Growth uh, and listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. We are approaching close to 575 podcast interviews, and we have a returning guest today uh, from Canada. One of my favorites is Lance Secretan. Good day to you, Lance. Hello, and uh, thank you for inviting me again. Well, you're so welcome, and this is a great uh, story that you've got. The book is called A Love Story, an Intensely Personal Memoir, and I have had the pleasure of knowing Lance and meeting him at his home and actually meeting his wife as well, who this book is written for and about, and the healing and and his personal memoir and love story. And um, Trish died um, about what, what? How long ago was it, Lance? Uh, the uh, fall of 2014. 2014. And so we're going to be delving into this book today, A Love Story. And Lance has spotted this book with some wonderful poetry. He's always written poetry. And I'm going to let my listeners know just a tad bit about you, besides the fact that you're a great poet. Lance is one of the most insightful and productive leadership teachers of our time. He is the former CEO of a Fortune 100 company, university professor, award-winning columnist and author of 15 books about inspiration and leadership. And as we said, his recent memoir book, which we're going to be talking about a love story. He coaches and advises leaders globally. He's ranked 26 of the most influential executive coaches globally and guides leadership teams who wish to transform their culture into the most inspiration in their industries. Um, He's been working with huge companies across the United States. Um, he owns the Secretan Center, is ranked number one in the world's international leadership consulting firms. And you can find him at his website, which is www.secretan.com. That's www.secretan.com. That website is loaded with media, a blog posts, um, he's a wonderful man to get to know, so I encourage every one of you to go to that website. Also, his book, A Love Story, is available at Amazon. Um, you can get it in a hardcover version. And Lance, is it available in Kindle Download at this point? It looks like yes, it, it is. is. Okay. Yes. So Kindle Download, and if you're a member of the Kindle Unlimited group, uh, you actually can get the book for free. So I'd encourage you to go out and think about that, and uh, we'll be talking to Lance here about the book. Now, Lance, you state um, that you know poetry has always been very cathartic for you, and it allows you to connect what you say soul to paper. Now, this book is filled with stories about Trisha and your journey, um, and you accent it with all this poetry. Um, at the end of each chapter, what I'd like you to do so you can give some context for your journey um, with Tricia is talk about, you know, just the background of the whole story itself um, and what possessed you to 
want to write this story and tell this story. And the third thing we were just talking about, how you're using this now in corporate America. Well, you know, um, I usually write a book with a premeditated plan. (laughs) So how will this book work as a workshop or a seminar? How will it work in corporate America? How will it become the template for culture transformation or leadership development or whatever? This is a book, this last book, my 16th, had no plan at all. I didn't intend for anything in particular. I simply, my heart was broken. And I wanted to tell the story of the magnificent love affair that Trisha, my wife, and I had. And, you know, we never had a fight in 30 years of marriage. It was as perfect as I hope anybody can have on earth. And so I wrote the story of our journey, how we met, and uh, and in the the end, how we parted. Uh, You know, as I say, uh, God gave me an angel to be my companion for 30 years, and then he needed her somewhere else. And so um, I decided to write the book. And I had written poetry to Trisha for many years, and uh, privately. And so I decided to pull all those poems out and dust them off and tweak them and then rearrange them so that they fit into a narrative. And so the book is really the story of our journey, sprinkled, as you say, with with the poems that I wrote over the years for her. And it is, and it's a wonderful one. And uh, you you go throughout this book, but you talk about Krishnamurti in one of the chapters and attempt, attempting to describe the feelings of your first kiss. Yes. The moment that you have it in your heart, according to Krishnamurti, this extraordinary thing called love, and feel the depth of it, the delight of it, and the ecstasy of it, you'll discover that for you, the world is transformed. I thought Kirsten Murdy did a pretty good job of that. How did love transform over time for you? And will, for our listeners, please recite this poem called The Kiss mm-hmm. um, that this is really all about? Well, you know, the thing that uh, I realized at the time when I wrote that poem is that life is short. Of course, I didn't realize even how short it was at the time but that we need to do everything as if it were the last time we're ever going to do it. We need to do it really, really well. So this poem is called The Kiss. It goes like this. Savor each kiss with the zest of a man, not destined to see another day pass. Thus every day must on its own stand in case it might be your love's very last. The great. It's great. You know, what I tell my listeners is a lot of his poems are short. You know, I was mentioning before we started this podcast that some of the poems I've read are, you know, pages long, but Lance keeps them to the point and succinct, and that's beautiful, Lance. Now, you guys spent time in between Canada and Colorado. You've obviously traveled a lot with your work, but you guys had two homes, um, and you bought a a log cabin in a secluded area of the woods. And you were so obsessed with the cabin that when an old lady owned it and her daughter came, remember reading that, you offered full price right off the bat because you just, you had to have this. You and Trisha were out there breathing in the wind, listening to the whispers of the trees. And, you know, you write about it very romantically. 
What role did the purchase of the cabin play in your journey with Tricia? And can you recite this poem that you call Burlesque in the Wood? Yes, you know, that was a, uh, well, uh, originally I wanted to just live on my own in the woods. I'm a writer. Uh, I wanted the solitude and I'm very connected to nature. But Tricia was too. And so we ended up building a home together. And of course, you know, you know, when you're in love, uh, sharing that important journey of building a home, making a nest is crucial. And there's so many things you do together that are inspiring. Uh, but nature talks to us in every way. So this is called Burlesque in the Woods. Descending from the canopy, it rested at my feet. The woodland's verdant panoply, its cycle now complete. A sylvan striptease, so demure, discarding gold and brown. Majestic boughs spill their allure as carpets on the ground. Emerald was the apogee that now is steely blue. The woods must rest a while, you see, before their next debut. Again, another great poem in this book. And so my listeners, um, stay, when you buy this book, uh, read the story for what uh, Lance is telling about Tricia. But importantly, too, are these poems, which really help to accentuate uh, his journey with Tricia as well. And you speak about Tricia's beauty and almost just the perfection. Um, mm -hmm. Her infectious laughter and joy. You talk about guests that would come over, how she'd always make them feel. And I remember even coming to your house, you know, uh, I would have to admit, Lance, without Trisha at your home, uh, it, it might not nothing against you, but it might almost be a house yeah. But where Trisha made it a home. She made yeah. everybody that came in that home feel loved and wanted and accepted and you know, she was really quite a great guest. Yeah. Um, and she was infectious. She had an infectious smile. She was very positive. Even at the time she was fighting, I remember being up there, the cancer, and you guys making all the green drinks and doing what everything. You know, she just, she didn't seem to be down, even though we were there. What do you attest this personality trait to? And then when you're done talking about Tricia, can you recite the lover's poem? Yes. Well, you know, uh, the thing about Trisha, I think, that people understood about her was that she had a joyful spirit. It wasn't about her personality. That was lovely. Everybody engaged that way. But it was about her soul. She was a wise and very uh, light person. And, you know, I used to call this pixie dust because... That's what she sprinkled wherever she went. Everybody felt better as a result of bumping into her or talking with her. There was never a time when people would say, I don't think I know anybody who said they didn't like her or didn't get along with her. I mean, she was just so light and so optimistic and so engaging without being fluffy. You know, she, well, she wasn't kind of goofy or anything in that way. She was mm -hmm. just, just somebody that people loved. Um, the poem Lovers is really one of those poems that I've described where you have to read quite a bit into the, the language here because it's really quite a sensual poem. So it, it's as close to being erotic without actually uh, being overt about that. This is the one where you kiss the nape of her neck. 
Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, it goes like this. The air at the summit is rare, offering nirvana to a beautiful pair, implanting our banner to celebrate life, my dear. My fantasies waltz in the love that dances in your eyes. My hand is in your glove and my heart mesmerized, my love. The climax is our terrain, but our lips are sealed as we rest. For how can we impart the view from the crest, sweetheart? Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Great poetry. For all those poetry fans, you're definitely going to want to read these in the, in the silence of your own, you know, get someplace, be in nature. You know, that'd be the best place to probably read this book. Now, you know, you know, Greg, uh, a lot of people are, uh, I've been told, um, couples are reading a section or a chapter or a poem at a time to each other last thing at night. Oh, that'd be, that's a great way to actually heal any wounds, wouldn't it be? Indeed. Um, now, you guys, you stated you love the outdoors and you have a chapter on wilderness hiking. You stated there was a sacred connection between the both of you at all times, but especially when you were out in the wilderness. You tell us about the wilderness and the experiences and how it fortified your love for one another. You know, um, we're not city people. Uh, I'm in cities all the time because I work with corporations who are headquartered in the cities and I fly in and out of them all the time. But I do love, and I play in the cities. Of course, I love, you know, a place like New York is just so much fun. But I love being back in the wilderness. Uh, in Colorado, we're living on a mountain, 10,000 feet, and it's, you know, it's peaks and astounding magnificence all around us. And then in Ontario, we're living next to an 800-acre wilderness area <clears throat> where we see animals and uh, where we can hike every day and so on. So the regeneration of that, you know, we are part of nature. We have just uh, built a lot of uh, phony, civilized, in quotes, things around us. But in reality... When we're with nature, we were communing with nature. That's when we're the most natural. And so I think there's a connection at a, at a soul level to the environment that way. And that's certainly what Trish and I had. Yeah. Water is her, her, was her astrological sign. So she's very connected to water. And we spent a lot of time in water because we're big kayakers and we love kayaking and, uh, and uh, flat water and so on. So and we've done white water kayaking as well. So I wrote one time when I was working on, on the river in a kayak, <clears throat> I noticed the rapids and how fast they are and how there's a real science to kayaking and, and canoeing too, where you don't fight the water. You, you work with the water. The water is essentially your companion and you play with it and work with it and use its energy. And if you fight it, you're going to be in trouble. And that's really what this poem describes. It's called Zen River. Steal away, my sons and daughters, to the mountain streams and lakes, to the land of rapid waters where I learned about mistakes. Gently launching, guide your craft out. Paddle bravely from the shore. Feel the sense of growing self-doubt, weaken faith you had before. Rushing waters grin and grasp you, steal your courage with a cheer, stretch and strain with every sinew, pitting power over fear. 
Wrestle vainly with those rapids, they will fight and cost you dear, while her secret to your ear bids if you're wise enough to hear. Mighty river knows the wise way, just surrender to the flow, as she whispers to you gently, I'm your friend and not your foe. Life is a river, smooth and tough, plenty of power to spare. She gives you a choice, play with her rough, or seize her offer to share. Mm-hmm. Great. That's a great one about flow. I mean, that's about staying in flow and yes. and really not resisting. And I think that's a lot about life. Well, you yeah. were just talking about it before we got on the air, which was really about, you know, every day is a gift. Do your best and and really go with the flow. Resistance, you know, they say resistance is futile. And it, it really is. I think you have to take it and understand there's only two things in life we're here to do. Love and learn. And yeah. if we really got that, if your book here is about loving, yes. and that's loving in the business world as well and learning, then that's the best thing that people can get from reading this book. You, you wrote that Trisha was a better skier than you. This is quite a compliment. You both spent six months of the year in your home in the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. You both entertain with lots of guests. And you comment about Trisha's ability to create that sensation of transcendence for guests. What is the special something that made your guests feel so comfortable? And you have one poem here that you call You Are More. Uh, can you actually recite that poem for our listeners? Yeah, sure. You know, I think it's always a good trick of a wonderful hostess uh, that they make you feel the most important thing all the time. It's never about them. It's about you. And, you know, Trish would ask questions about the guests and not spend most of the time talking about herself, which she had plenty to talk about. But, she was always more concerned about the guest than herself, always doing more than was necessary, always thinking ahead. What can I do to make this person comfortable? What can I do to serve them? What would there be a little treat that would make it special for them so that when they go home, they'll never forget their time here? This was her effort. She had this amazing capacity to make people feel that way. And the poem that I wrote was really about the fact that she was more than everything else that's wonderful. <laughs> you know, so it was called You Are More. Observing the beauty around me in the mountains of life where I grow, one beauty alone does surround me in ways that no other can know. You are more than my day and my night and the source of my dreams, I believe. I need you from dawn until midnight, even more than the air I breathe. Heaven's angels vamp with the tall peaks as they dance to the blue skies above. These seraphs and sierras are more when inspired by the power of our love. Mm. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Now I'm going to ask you about your rituals. Um, we know that people that usually succeed at almost anything set certain rituals for themselves. Can you tell us about some of the really special rituals you both created and how they kept the fire burning 
in your love for one another. And if you, if you feel that, recite the poem, My Joy. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, some of the rituals I can't tell you about. <laughs> okay. So, but we had so many. Um, around eating, for example, and how we ate, how we prepared food, uh, turning it into a special occasion. Uh, watching a sunset and drinking Merlot or a, a cocktail as the sun goes down. Um, watching uh, shooting stars at night, sleeping out in the deck and, and watching the stars above in the summer. Or coming out to watch the, uh, the uh, galaxies moving and so on. These are the sorts of rituals that we had. Now, another one that was very important for us was uh, whenever I traveled, which was you know, a couple of times a week probably most times, I would write a card and hide it for her somewhere. So it would be in the fridge where her cream was kept so that she'd find it when she made her coffee in the morning or be under a pillow. Or if she was traveling, I'd put it in one of her suitcases or a carry-on bag. So, you know, over 30 years, we had boxes and boxes of cards. And that was a ritual too. So lots of little things. We had little um, tokens that we carried together so that when we were separated, we they united us. You know, all of these things were so important. Um, and there were hundreds of them, and those are just a few. Now, the poem, My Joy, uh, I wrote very early in our relationship, probably in second or third year that we were together. So it's quite an old poem. But I wanted to write a poem that tried to um, explain how she made me feel through the love that we had together. And it's called My Joy. So I'm referring to her as my joy. If I should pass from this great hall into the fields of bliss, no joy will equal that I shared with you with every kiss. If banished be my candle bright to where no man has seen, my guiding star will be that blaze of joy that you have been. And if my ashen world should yield no phoenix to arise, my strength and joy will come from deep within your loving eyes. Is every poem really accentuates and tells us just how much in love you were with Tricia. And I think for my listeners, they get an idea of how you've written these poems for um, the biggest and most amazing love you've ever had in your life. And so I want to thank you for sharing this with a very personal journey. You know, it's a personal memoir. It's a personal journey, taking time to share that journey so that others can uh, learn about how you actually navigated that pathway to having that kind of love. Um, it really has been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. For my listeners to learn more about this book, uh, you can find a love story. An intense personal memoir by Lance Secretan is um, at Amazon. It's obviously available in Kindle version. Uh, it's available in the hardcover version as well. And it's a beautifully done book with a marker uh, inside of it as well, as well as the pages being exceptionally, um, it's just, it's got every attention to detail that you'd want when you're looking at a book. 
So Lance, thanks so much for being on Inside Personal Growth with us today, sharing your love story with Trissa and how this journey has made you a better man. Yeah, indeed it has. Thank you for inviting me, Greg. Enjoy it as usual. (laughs) 